episode 20. Jamal, Durf, why don't you do the recap for us? I'll put you on the spot. Tell us what happened last time. Uh, well, we burst into the pirate lair. Uh, several of the pirates fled like cowards. And I perhaps we will encounter them again. And we really fucking destroyed the remaining pirates with the giant pig and our um, weaponry and fists. Uh, we killed them with no casualties. And we befriended a Frankenstein's monster, named him Abby. He's on the ship with us. We got the wheel. We're going to Dragon Something Island. Dragonspire. Dragonspire Island. Island. The name of this whole arc. (laughs) Yeah, Dragonspire Island. We're going to Dragonspire Island on a on a boat, which is where we are now. Very good. Yeah, you are on a boat. You are on the boat. The ship called Reliance, Captain Jacob's uh, ship that he uses to take tourists back and forth across the eastern sea to the euphoros and the farlands way over there so um you guys head out on the reliance away from kingston landing the afternoon aboard the ship is fairly uneventful most passengers finish their cocktails begin to get settled in their rooms dinner is served for those that want it in the lounge in the lower deck where a tall, dark-skinned man in a burgundy suede suit stands in the corner, setting the mood with a slow-moving song on his accordion. His eyes are bright, but the face under his bald head is sullen as he sways to the music he masterfully creates for the present company. It's several hours before you break through the arching peninsulas that contain the Bay of Pearls, but as night falls, as the stars above peek through the wisp of clouds overhead, the bright lights of Kingston Landing still on the horizon fade, and you find yourself surrounded by the darkness of the open sea. So it's the end of the first day on your ship. You just basically made it past the Bay of Pearls, and you guys are kind of settling in for the night. Um, who who, who do you think out of the three of you would be like the night owl, would be up maybe on deck checking out the scene? Well, IRL, definitely me. IRL. I don't know about. I don't know how you guys stay up, but I stay up until like one o'clock every night. Good oh Lord. God. Wild. <laughs> um, I'm, in, I'm I, in bed at like eight. Yeah, okay. I don't know if I can measure up to that, um, but I'd like to think Hug is on the deck drinking somewhere. Okay. Here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to do. I'm walking the deck. I have a plan. Two okay. things. As Got a half elf, I can see in the dark. One. Two. Okay. As a druid. I now have a spell called water breathing. I okay. need to see animals to turn into them. So what I would like to do is enlist someone in the crew to tie a rope around my ankles and drag me through the ocean so that I can see sharks and stuff. Bro, Tug's got you 100%. I love this so much. I'm in. All right, so, so Carl went to bed early uh, as the holy paladin. He said his prayers and he's tucked in. Uh, you two head up to the deck, and um, let's see. Tug, why don't you do a perception check? Ten. Okay, yeah, you spot there is a coil of rope. It looks pretty long up against the the foremast laying on the ground there. And there's a few of the um, crew that are, like, milling about. They're swabbing the deck, clearing debris and breaking down, like, cocktail table. Uh, clock, ugh, breaking down cocktail tables from the festivities of the uh, the afternoon, you see that below the quarter deck, there's some candlelight that is through a window that looks into the captain's quarters, and you see Jim whistling a happy tune as he grips the large wheel up above. Uh, but you do spot that rope. Um, so we nab the rope, 
I Tug goes over to Durf. Durf, being a druid and doing your druid things, I'm assuming you know how to do knots better than me, based on survival levels in the wild. Sure. Yeah. What do you want to do? Uh, I could do a survival check. Sleight of hand <laughs> is not sleight of hand. Maybe no, uh, it's more like a survival. We're talking about Boy Scout style knots. So why don't you do a survival check on your tying yourself off? Uh, that's a twelve. Okay, that's uh, that's solid. You 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 tie it around your chest and your waist, and you you tug a few times, um, pun intended, and you you think that you are totally secure in the ropes. I think that. Okay. Yep. So I guess, and I'll tie the other end to the mast. Okay. Yeah, the pole around the mast. Same yeah. shape. Yep. You're good. And then and then Tug can also spot me to the extent he feels like it. Gotcha. And uh, yeah, I will. Uh, hold on. Are we gonna have a sim? Like, hold on. I guess I'll, I'll do this as Tug. <clears throat> All right. So run me through this. You're going in the water. You're gonna see a bunch of crazy animals. And then when do I get you out? When you, like, stop flailing around and I know you've drowned, or what's the plan here? Well, I can water breathe for, um, I believe, an hour. I guess I should probably figure that out. (laughs) 24 hours! Oh, God. (laughs) So, I can stay down there a long time. Here's what I'll do. If I am in danger, I will reach above my head and pull on the rope. That's how Don't, you'll know. Can't you do like a small puff of wind? Don't you also have like a light thing you can do with that me, like cantrip do spell? Do send a puff of wind up from the ocean No, to you? but isn't that like a sensory <laughs> thing? Like can't you just do like a light or something? Sure, I'll make uh, little uh, sparkles. Like uh, Also, anti-shout out for X-Men. making me look like an asshole for trying <laughs> to keep you alive. <laughs> no, I'll do, um, yeah, what's her name? The ex-woman. Never mind. The Dazzler? Yeah, the Dazzler. I'll bedazzle you when it's time to come up. <laughs> All right. All right. You were thinking sweet. of Jubilee. I was thinking of Jubilee. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sweet. Um, yeah. So while I'm going down there, just FYI, Joe, main things I'm looking for, giant octopus. Super okay. stoked about giant octopus. Also, hunter shark. Also, reef shark. Also, giant seahorse. Okay, good to know. Thanks for letting me know what I should put down there. <laughs> um, okay, so are you just swan diving, cannonballing? What are you doing? Yeah. Oh well, I cast uh, I cast water breathe, which actually, um, you know, just because friends, uh, I actually get to give every like up to ten people who are standing near me. Uh huh. Yeah, hit me with that too, just in case. So I, I'll give everyone on deck water breathing. They're so not you really and I paying attention. So you're just that's okay. Can they only what breathe they, in water? What if, they, what if there's a storm and they fall in later and they'll be like, "Holy shit, I can breathe water." Okay, yeah, sure. The Sounds like fortune. a false positive. When that runs <laughs> out, they're in for a real surprise. You cast your spell and the crew realize something's up and they give you a little thanks, bud. Little two finger salute there, tug included. All right, and then I dive gracefully into the okay. water i'm gonna roll a dexterity check yeah i'm gonna graceful. need a performance check actually a performance check what's my yes. what is that performance that is charisma 16 
Okay, very good. Yeah, you you do a pretty decent uh, dive, little very little splash, um, and you dive into the water, and you can see it's it's almost pitch black, but you can see with your elven eyes down into the deep. And outside the Bay of Pearls, um, the the water is still semi shallow. You how how far is your um, your dark vision? I believe it's 60 feet. Okay, yeah, you can definitely see the bottom then. The bottom is maybe 30, 40 feet below. Um, You see beautiful coral reefs that are kind of grayed out by this vision. You don't really notice their color, um, but you could just tell there's a whole plethora of sea life under here. You see fish swimming back and forth. You see miniature seahorses. Um, And you see ahead of you as the ship is kind of pulling you through the rope, you see a reef shark heading directly towards you. Nice. I would like to, like, aggressively towards me? Uh, roll an insight check. Okay. 17. It does not look happy, no. It does not look happy. Okay. Well, it's dusk. I don't know the, the feeding habitats, or the feeding habits of a reef shark, but I'm pretty sure they eat, like during nighttime. Um, okay. I'll use animal friendship on it. Okay. This is exactly how I thought this episode would go. <laughs> um, is his intelligence four or higher? I can tell you that. Well, I, yeah. Why don't you tell me that? Because it's I... not. Okay. <laughs> um, it's one. So he has to su- succeed on a wisdom saving throw and his wisdom is doesn't even look like he has a wisdom. Oh, no, it's 10, so that's zero. Okay, I rolled a nine. Okay, oh, so... that's a six. Six. So we're friends! All right, so the reef shark looks aggressively at, you at first, and you, like, sonar boop, 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 towards him, and his eyes turn uh, into a much, much uh, happier facial expression as he approaches you <laughs> and says, Well, hoy there! <laughs> Uh, I gesture to my mouth because I can't talk underwater, but I smile back uh-huh. at him, and then I would like to, through gestures, mimic an octopus and ask him where the nearest giant octopus is. Okay, uh, he kind of turns his fins around and nudges forward and says, way out there, miles and miles. My shoulders slump with great disappointment. Can't have it all, kid. Hey, you know what? <laughs> Conjure animals doesn't actually require me to have seen them before, so okay, that's fine. Okay. Um. All right. Well, I just kind of I like I, I stay down there for a while and hang out with my uh, my friend whose name is um, Fluffy. My shark friend's name is Fluffy. Okay. And then uh, after a little while, having a nice time, become one with the ocean, I give a little tug on the rope. I guess I okay. help him pull himself out of the water. Okay. Give me a strength throw and do it with advantage, Doug, just because uh, he's going to be swimming upwards also. This is going to go poorly, by the way. Well, my first roll was a 17 minus one. That's a 16. So since I have advantage, I'll roll again. And that's a natural 20. Oh, yeah, you pull him the fuck up. He leaps out of the air like a fish and flops onto the deck as you pull this this rope so hard. Nice. So we're back on deck now? 
Yeah, you're back on deck. Um, at this point, you see near the port side of the ship, there's this slender brown haired woman and she sits in one of the lush couches and she's she's combing her fingers through the blonde blonde locks, long blonde locks of a young boy that's laying in her lap. And he's looking up at the stars and she she turns his head and points up to the north and whispers in his ear and his eyes go wide and they laugh together. It really looks like a sweet moment between like a mother and a son. Um, other than that, like I said before, you see the light in the quarters, in the captain's quarters, and you see Jim up above the deck as more of the crew are kind of swabbing, swabbing the deck. Cool. Okay. Durf. Yes. I know you like outdoors. I'm going to go crash out on the deck in the night sky, look up to the stars, think about stuff. So uh, if you want to cuddle up up there, awesome. If you don't, I get it. But that's where I'm going to be. I'll cuddle up. We'll, we'll go. We'll go foot to head laying scenario. <laughs> All right, okay. you guys bring. You stop by your rooms real quick, and you bring your bedding to kind of make makeshift bunk beds up on the deck as you want to stare at the stars and sleep out there in the uh, in the outside air. Um, okay, and you fall asleep. Right? Hold on, not First yet. Night. Nope. Okay. Psst. Yeah. Hey, Durf, you awake? Yeah. This is pretty cool. It's very cool. Very cool. Total bummer that everyone we know and love died for us to <laughs> to be in this particular scenario. But um, it could certainly be just a little worse right now. Totally true. Totally true. Okay, good night. Good night. And you guys sleep so soundly next to each other. This is adorable. This is adorable. People are going to um, think that there's a love blossoming between. Maybe there, maybe there is. Maybe there is. I've said all along that my main goal with this podcast is for people to write slash fiction with me as a character. So, you know, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You, you sleep and spend the night. Um, you guys spend the night on the deck of the ship. Carl, you spend the night. At the bottom of the ship, uh, well, not the bottom of the ship, but back in your room, and you awake the next morning, and um, on your chest, Durf and Tug, and slipped underneath your door, Carl, is a flyer, and I'm going to send that to you right now, and have you ever been to, like, a an all-inclusive? I think they're having bingo at 11. No. You've never been to an all-inclusive? Nope, no. neither have I. You've been on a okay, cruise? So, so- nope. A cruise when or I was a kid. like a, a resort. Nope. Wow. One time a guy right. called to sell us a cruise and he was like, you guys ever think about going on a cruise for vacation? And me and Hannah were like, nah, not really. And the guy was like, oh, I was not expecting you to say no. <laughs> 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 so anyway, if you go on a cruise, if you go on a, in a resort, uh, if you go to like an all-inclusive, they always have like a a flyer that gives you like the weather and maybe like your fortune for the day and they also have a listing of events that go on during the day so i just sent you one for the reliance for day one on the reliance so check that out tug and durf since you guys are together you guys can like read it to each other if you want to like alternate words no, I mean like one, one of you can one of you can read it so the listeners know what it says. How about that? Uh, okay. Which you want to do it? You want me to do it? I mean, we can do it. We can do it. You you just pick where you want to start, and I'll go along. There you go. Are, 
Are we reading at the same time? No. <laughs> oh, no. You're alternating words. Al- oh. No, not words. Just alternate <laughs> like sentences. Alternating I don't care words. how you do it. Just read Alternating it. words. Alternating words. Welcome. <laughs> Aboard. The. Reliance. We. Hope. You. But we're not doing this this whole time. <laughs> we're not doing this the whole time. Someone read it. Uh, we hope you enjoy your stay here aboard one of the best ships you'll find on the Eastern Sea. Our top-notch staff and crew are here to ensure your voyage is safe, comfortable, and unlike any other. To help pass the time, we have a fantastic schedule of events for you during the course of your trip. Or feel free to mill about the ship and make your own fun. Day 1, 9 a.m., morning aerobics, bow. 11 a.m., archery practice, starboard deck. 12 p.m., accordion lessons, bow. 2 p.m., whale watching with Jim, crow's nest. 4 o'clock p.m., cocktail class, lower deck lounge. Nightly entertainment, casino night? Well, no, that was, those are exclamation points. Casino night, casino night? 8 o'clock p.m. to question marks. Very good. Um, and I'll, I'll post this on, I'll probably post this on our Reddit and Discord just so people can see it. I figure those people are mostly caught up instead of putting it on Twitter. Um, but yeah, so this is your schedule of events for the day on the Reliance. And I figured what we would do is I've got little <coughs> scenarios planned for each one of these. Um, instead of having all three of you kind of do the same thing all day, we can split up and you guys can pick and choose one or maybe two of these things that you'd like to do. Tug's and doing morning aerobics. Go from morning there. aerobics. Tug's doing that. All right. So let's start with morning aerobics. Um, okay. So so it's 9 a.m. You guys, you, Tug and Durf, you guys kind of, uh, you took care of your bedding, put it back down into your room, got settled, changed for the day. Are you dressed in any specific way or are you guys still just donning your normal armor and whatnot? I mean, I was under the impression that I didn't have any change of clothes, so I literally still just have that, like, white tunic t-shirt and brown shorts, okay. I guess. Okay. Carl sure. Carl doesn't have on his armor. He just has on his um, his pants that he wears underneath his armor, I guess. So okay. long johns? You're just sure. wearing Whatever. long johns. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm up there shirtless, and uh, nice. I, brought, I brought Chillrind with me. I'm going to go through sword forms during morning aerobics. Okay, sweet. So you climb up to the upper deck and you breathe in the morning air. At the bow, there are already... (laughs) Yep, good. At the bow, there are already several passengers being coached through exercises by a skinny man in what looks like 80s-style workout gear. He's got sweatpants on all of his appendages and he's already sweating pretty profusely. And just so I can kind of set the scene on this ship, all of Jacob's men, all the crew members are men and women that are ex-pirates. They are used to be squids. You could just tell by their demeanor. Um, they all have like patches over their arm where inconspicuously there might have been a tattoo there. Um, so that's the kind of people that you're dealing with that are working on this ship. You spot in uh, on the bow um, where these yoga mats are. There's, there's this crate near the foremast, which has a bunch of like rolled up yoga mats. And you spot Abby at the front of the class already working through some of the exercises, just trying desperately to touch his toes, but getting extremely frustrated with himself. Um, And the only two spots you see are in the back near uh, a short elf woman that has fair skin and blonde hair streaked with bright blue that falls down to her shoulders. Um, uh, Tug goes and grabs a yoga mat 
and on his way to grab the yoga mat and passes Abby, he says, hey, you're doing great, kid. Keep it up. You look good. <laughs> and then uh, Tug goes back and takes his spot next to the uh, blue streaked haired woman. Okay. Um, yeah, so the instructor is basically calling out multiple positions. He's like, toe touches. And then he says, jumping jacks and plank. Um, and you, you marvel at the way this woman, this elf woman is quickly moving from one exercise to the next with, with incredible dexterity. She looks like this isn't her first rodeo doing some, some aerobics. So, uh, you aerobic a lot around here? Ah. Um, okay, so this this elfin woman, this elven woman, uh, she looks up at you, Tug, and you can see that she has these dark green eyes, button nose, um, long ears that curl outwards, sticking out of, of her, her hair that I already described. Um, and she looks up from the exercise she's doing and she says, do I do I aerobics a lot? What is that supposed to mean? As she says this, I'm, you know, kind of dancing around behind them, doing my sword forms and I yell, you're going to have to speak louder than that to him for him to hear it all the way down there. <laughs> Tug begins to do whatever preposterous aerobic related workouts are associated with this event. All right. Give me a dex check. Hold or on. Acrobatics. Okay. I will use one key point to pass automatically. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, you know that so little she... uh, Chimpo, the Chimpo, the monkey tattoo I got. Uh-huh. That's what that does. So oh, I'm going to yeah, use nice. a key point, okay. and I'm just going to pass that shit. So I look so fucking sweet. You feel on your left butt cheek starts to burn a little bit as this tattoo activates. Um, but you work through some sweet moves, and she immediately stops giggling at Carl's comment and actually looks pretty impressed. And she says, oh, man, you are pretty good. My name's Sierra. Good to meet you. It's nice to meet you, too. I'm Tug. And that's my loser friend that doesn't know anything about anything, Carl with a K. And she says, Tug, you know what? You look you look pretty tough. You know, this aerobic stuff is, is getting pretty boring. What, what do you say we blow this popsicle stand and do some real stretching? Yes. In. Tug is in. How do you feel about boxing? In. In? You're, like, that? what does that mean? Like, I'm in. Like, let's punch the shit out of each other. Okay, all right, sounds good. And she kind of rolls up her yoga mat and places it in the crate and heads down to the uh, lower deck. Let's go. Are we doing this fight stites now? Can I, like, bet on myself? Uh, no, oh. I don't think so. No, we're not. Oh, okay. Carl, what are you See, doing? Carl, you we're going to go stretch. I give him a wink and a gun. All right, so she takes you down to the lower deck, um, and you she actually turns at the stairs and heads through the door that leads out to the cannon rooms that you saw before, that you snuck before. Um, and as soon as you close the door behind you, she gives you a strong kick to the back, and I want you to give me a dexterity saving throw. Uh, Twelve. Okay, yeah, you... you get knocked over forward and you stumble to the ground and she laughs. Ah. Tug in what obviously seems like a moment of confusion for the lady, um, doesn't get back up, but remains prone. <laughs> okay. 
and she kind of strolls up to you slowly with her fists raised. And she's like, oh, really? I thought you were tough. Is that all you got? And she's almost above you at this point. Would you say that she's within five feet of me? I would say that, yes. <laughs> oh, oh, well, look at that. You have fallen for my... I will activate my trap card. <laughs> and uh, good old Tug will start sloshing and will use the maneuver known as Grasshopper Rises Early. While prone, <laughs> you can use your reaction and spend one key point to immediately stand up. Each creature within five feet must succeed on a dexterity saving throw or be knocked prone. If you would hit a creature that is already prone, it takes damage equal to two of my martial arts die. But in this case, they would be knocked prone for me scampering up. Okay, I don't have to make a saving throw at all? Uh, a dexterity saving throw. Okay, nice. Oh, all right. Beating a what? 11, 15. That's a 19. Shit. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so you leap up from this prone position and helicopter your legs around, and she catches one with her right hand and slings you back down to the ground, and you hit your on your back with and dust flies up from the from the deck. And she says, uh, "Yeah, okay. Is that all you got?" No, no, it is not. And then I actually just regular get up. (laughs) okay all right so i'd say you guys spar back and forth at this point after she kind of showed you what's what um let's just roll just see who wins this series of fights over the next next sort of hour as you guys kind of like trade punches and shoves and whatnot and have a grand old time so i'm just gonna roll a normal dex check and you can roll one too that's a 19 for me 18 sorry 20 Okay, nice. So you guys trade punches, you trade kicks, you shove each other down. By the end of it, you're bruised and you're scratched, but you are laughing together. Um, And Tug, you end up victorious in the end of it. And she shakes your hand and tells you a job well done. And you guys just kind of chat for the remainder of the morning. Hey, I'll tell you what, that was awesome. And we're on this ride for a couple days. Rematch tomorrow? You got it. Let, let, let's. Are you going to be at the cocktail night? Because like, at four o'clock, the cocktail event. That seems like a lot of fun. I'm going to be going. Meet you there for a drink. That sounds fantastic. I'll be there. Boom. Let's do it. Now I'm going to go take a nap and pretend like I'm less injured than I actually feel. Okay. <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> and Tug. All right. uh, Tug again gives I don't know a martial arts bow or whatever he does, and then um, he's going to go sleep in <laughs> Carl's room. Okay. Nice. <laughs> All right. Um, up next on the agenda is archery practice. Anyone interested in that? Let, I'll do archery practice. Let's let's make it happen. Okay, so Carl. All right, so uh, the morning goes by. Carl, you finish up your sword play um, and mill around the deck until 11 a.m. When at the starboard side of the ship, you see several chipped longbows that lean against the rails a burly crew member is moving from passenger to passenger, teaching them basic shooting techniques. And you watch as they fumble with the strings, attempting to fire arrows at wooden frisbees that Jim is tossing off the crow's nest. Uh, you actually see Abby here too. And she, and he is working very diligently with a bow that he just can't seem to get right. Um, another person you see here is a taller 
brown haired woman. Um, she's an elf woman and you can see that her hair is burgundy brown tied up in a green ponytail and to show off a pair of long pointed ears. She's freckle faced with beautiful blue eyes behind a set of circular thin rimmed glasses and a bright smile. Uh, right now she's wearing a brown vest over a white long sleeve tunic and slacks bottomed out to black traveler's boots. And she looks like she has used a bow before. She's very skilled. She's hitting all these targets with her arrows. Um, the arrows, by the way, are tied off to ropes that are are tied to the mast. There's no littering on the Reliance, so each of the arrows can be pulled back. All right. I uh, the Are the bows already strung? Yeah, they're strung. All right, so I, I I walk over and grab one of the bows and unstring it. Unstring the bow? Oh, hell yeah. Okay. So, All right. I, I, you know, I'm going to take the bow. I'm going to take my string. I'm going to go talk to this chick. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah, she sees you approach, and she puts down her bow, and she says, yes, c- can I help you? Yeah, I'm... I was wondering if you could could help me. I really can't figure out this whole bow string thing. Uh, can you help me with this? Why, of course, of course I can. You've never strung a bow before. You look like a skilled warrior. I'm more I see of your a, armor. more of a sword and shield kind of guy. Um, but you look like you're an excellent archer. And I was uh, any way you could maybe give me some pointers. Of course, of course. Now, the first then she takes your bow and she takes the string. She says, the first thing you need to do is work on the flex. You must understand that the, the string must be tight against the bow in order for you to get the best trajectory and velocity when you fire your arrow. Like this. And she quickly, like with her fingers, knots together both sides of the strings and uh, on the bow and plucks it. And it gives this hum sound and it's super tight. That is super tight. That is very impressive. You have magical hands. What's next? Okay, uh, she reaches her arm around you as she hands you this bow. And she says, now, ta- are you right-handed or are you left-handed? I'm right. I'm right-handed. You're or, right-handed? Yes, okay. yes. All right, set the, I don't know, bow speech. <laughs> should have re- researched this a little bit more. All right, now set the wood against the right tip of your nose like this, and she places it, kind of helps you place it against your face, and she grabs your right hand and touches the string and pulls it back with her, and she says, okay, now you knock an arrow just like this and let loose. Now make sure you feel the arrow touch your skin. It may sting a little as it passes through, but that'll help straighten it out. Oh, I I shiver. (laughs) all right uh jim throws a wooden disc off the deck and you see it now and she says now you want to time it so that you're just a couple seconds ahead of it are you ready oh i i'm born ready for this all right roll a dexterity attack roll and i'll say do it with advantage because she's helping you 16 all right Uh, you let loose as she aids you and the arrow flies true, striking the center of this wooden disc as it goes flopping into the ocean with a splash. Yes! I did it! (laughs) She backs away. (laughs) I mean, we did it together. (laughs) Very good, very good. Now, now, can I... Do you want to try again? On your own this time? Uh... 
No, no. One, one, one for one is where I like to stop. Uh, what's your name? M- my name is Eleanor. Eleanor. I'm, I'm Carl with, with a K. Carl with, is that with a K? Or well, I mean, with it's, a K? my last name is with a K, but my first name's also spelled with a K. It's very convoluted. You can just call me Carl. Gosh, you you picked up on that so fast. How about a little contest, me and you? Okay, uh, that, that I guess. I mean, that was, that was just my first time, but if you in, if you insist, we'll do it. All right, best of three. Let's see how many we can hit. And she calls up to Jim and she says, "Hey, Jim, ready six frisbees." And you guys get set. Um, and Jim tosses them in quick succession. One, two, three, four, five, six, and give me three dexterity attack rolls. What'd you get? 19, 19, and 11. Okay, so you managed to knock two of them out of the sky, splitting them in half, and she just so happens to miss all three, and on her third shot... Her bowstring actually snaps. She just looks out uh, into the sea in amazement that she just missed these shots after talking all this and teaching you her ways. And she looks back at you and just kind of shrugs her shoulders and says, well, uh, I guess it's not my day. Uh, It's you know what? I know what you did for me there. I really appreciate you, you know, boosting my confidence. It was very kind of you. No problem, Carl. Well, I'll get you next time. Don't you worry. All right. Yeah. And uh, all right. So our archery practice ends and the passengers head back down uh, to work on other stuff that goes on during the day. And it is now noon o'clock. Um, accordion lessons. Who's in? Who's in on that? Uh, Tug is awaking from his slumber just in time. Durf right. will also join accordion lessons. Durf will join accordion lessons. Okay. So you guys head on up together. Um, where you get to the bow and you see kind of staring off into the sea a lonely man that you recognize from the lounge before. Um, He's all alone. He looks kind of sad, just staring off the front of the ship as he plays a sad tune on his accordion. Hey, my man. Look, you look a little down. Tug mug bar. Durf turf toe. We're here to get our accordion lessons. I understand it doesn't sound like the most riveting thing to most, but to us, it sounds prime. I I have always wanted to have a mopey-looking man teach me how to play the accordion. Bucket list (laughs) item. It's a bucket list thing. (laughs) So let me tell you, let me spin you a yarn. Just in case this ship goes down in the future, you don't have to go down playing with it. Just get on one of the ships, my man, and <laughs> save yourself. Trust me, it's a mistake. No one will remember you unless you make it a point to survive. That being said, teach me this ridiculous-looking fan thing that I use to blow air on a fire. Okay. He turns around, and he's kind of startled as you guys approach him and lay out this huge speech. Um, he is dark-skinned, bald, He's wearing this brightly colored suede suit. He's got this bright, um, bright white smile uh, that isn't actually in a frown right now. But as you talk to him about the accordion and how interested 
you are in it. He says, uh, oh, my boys. Oh, hello. Let me show you the ways of the accordion. All right. Do you have extras or are <laughs> we do, just going to watch you solo it up? You going to play <laughs> like Enter Sandman or something? Do, do, you just carry, do you just carry around like seven suitcases full of accordions? No, no, no. I have accordions just for this uh, circumstance. There are two right here just for you. My name is Tarkin. I am an accordion extraordinaire. Cool. So he points <laughs> off to the side. He's like, here, grab, grab an accordion and I will show you my ways. I grab an accordion and watch him do his ways. Okay, they're old and dusty and just full of like holes in the bellows part. They whistle uh, just a nasty tune. But he says, okay, now look at my instrument. Look at the keys, the beautiful keys. Now, the bellows, see how they ebb and flow. And he pushes in and he pulls out as this like awkward sound comes out of it. And he says, now you try, go. And both of you roll performance checks. <laughs> An eight. Power, power seven. Okay, yeah. You both push and pull on your accordion, and it makes this disgusting sound. He covers his ears. He's like, no, 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 no. Do not my beautiful accordion. That's not how you do it. See, let's try once again. One note at a time this time. And he plays a C note, and he says, okay, now you try. And roll a performance again, and the DC is a three. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Natural 20. I, <laughs> Five. I smoked the shit out of that C note. Natural right, 20. Yeah. Uh, uh, dirt. Uh, sorry. Tug, you play the perfect C note. Like, it's got no sharpness or flatness to it. It echoes across the deck, and people turn to s- listen to this beautiful sound. Durf, yours sounds kind of like a dying pig, but uh, Tarkin is still... I thought you said it was DC3. Yeah, well, okay, which rolled five. It's it's not <laughs> terrible. Tarkin doesn't cover his ears this time, but he does kind of twinge a little bit, but he says, Ah, you, the elf man, you need work, but you, small one, you sound like a master already. What are your names, sirs? Tug Mugbar, Durf Turftoe. Ah, Tug Durf, let us try again now. A few more notes. And he plays a series of like three or four notes that flurry upwards and downwards. And why don't you guys roll another performance check, DC 8. 14. 8. 8 on the nose? <laughs> on the nose. All right, this time, Durf is kind of getting the hang of it. And he stretches the bellows in and out and plays a series of notes. And it does sound magical. Uh, Tug, you, you hit it right on the head, but he's a little bit less impressed and he says, okay, you two, you are naturals. You are learning so well. So good. So good. Now play this. And he goes through at least a dozen notes now, flurrying up and down, long and short notes, flats and sharps. And I want you guys to roll another performance check, DC 12. Seven. Fifteen. Okay, Durf, this time you are struggling, and Tug, you are back to normal. And since you passed all three checks, Tug, with flying colors, um, he is so impressed, and he claps his hands together, and he says, Yes, yes, Tug, you are you are a natural. Perhaps 
Perhaps sometime we can play together in the lounge. Oh, yeah. Let's do that. Let's do that. Hey, if your wonderful teaching skills are at the helm, Tug believes that he can make it happen with you. Let's do it. Maybe we can even start a band. Why, yes. We can I, be I use... goddamn in the door slams. Goddamn and the God's damn and the door slams. I love it. I love it. It's beautiful. I, I used to be part of a musical troupe, and he turns around and stares back off across the sea. But boys, no one appreciates the accordion anymore. No one appreciates the beautiful sound we can make with our fingers. And he whips back around. He says, but you... You can help spread the word, the wonderful word of the accordion across the world. I tell you what, you keep these instruments and you practice them day and night. And someday you may be a beautiful accordion player like Tarkin himself. All I accept right, then. this challenge. You don't have like a fresher one, do you? This one smells <laughs> a little... You know, whatever. It's cool. I'll, I'll hold on to this one. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Uh, you are welcome. Hey, Until see next you at the time, cocktail boys. hour. Four o'clock. You going to be there? First drinks on of me? Of course. I'm playing at the cocktail hour. Oh, is that what you're talking about? I thought you were talking about casino night. Or casino night? Depending on how you read the flyer. We'll see you later. Great lesson. I appreciate you. I'm going back to bed. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. So according lessons are over. Next on the list is whale watching with Jim at 2 p.m. Who's in? Carl's in. Carl and Durf? In. Tugs asleep. All right. Yep. It's 2 p.m. The sun is hot in the sky. It's, it's basically cloudless. There are a few wispy partly clouds, part clouds um, up in the sky. And you climb up the long ladder up to the... Uh, up to the crow's nest and you see Jim there and he's got a few pairs of binoculars and you guys are the only ones up here. Um, and he says, I don't remember how he talked. Um, he says, Oi, Darf, Carl, nice to see you. How you doing? Doing great. Excited to see some whales. Are you guys enjoying your stay at, on the Reliance? Yeah, yeah, it's nice. Oh, excellent, excellent. I've got some binoculars here for you. You can peer out into the sea and see what you can see. Would you say that we can see for miles? You can see for several miles up here. Several miles. Durf looks for giant octopi on the okay. horizon. Roll a perception check. Uh, 22. <laughs> okay, uh, Durf, you do. You see this small island, a very small island off to the west, maybe about three miles away. And through the binoculars, you can just barely make out this giant octopus that is sunbathing. Yes! Carl's looking to the east for okay. a uh, giant tortoise. A perception check there, Carl. That's only a seven. Seven. You don't see a giant tortoise. You definitely don't. You do see some kind of movement out there, though. Um, there's something that is making waves and heading for the ship. Oh, excellent. Great. Oh, SpaghettiOs. Do you point it out to me? No. Who has I do, I do not. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to I want to wait until it gets a little bit closer, maybe. OK, so you keep your eyes on this this whatever it is underneath the waves. Um, and as it gets closer, you can make up whatever it is. It's got a long snout and kind of like a, a ribbed forehead. 
as it makes its way closer and closer. Roll another perception check. 19. All right, so uh, Carl, what you can see basically is the head of a giant seahorse. Oh, and it, as I realize it's a giant seahorse, I kind of elbow Durf in the side, like, Durf, it's a giant seahorse! Durf's like, yeah! And he checks it out. Okay, roll a perception check, Durf. Uh, ba, 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 13. Okay, yeah, you see it, Durf. You see for the first time in your life a majestic pink giant seahorse beneath the waves. Nice. Nice. And a- Durf, is, Durf is extremely pleased <laughs> okay. at the nature all around him. All right, very good. And and Jim is actually looking towards the south, and he says, oh, guys, guys, check this out, check this out. And he, he points you in the direction to look to the south. And you see a tall cylindrical tower of stone that pokes itself out from the horizon, reaching for the clouds that swirl above it. It's extremely far out right now. It looks basically just like a twig that's sticking up very far, far away from uh, from where the ship is now. But he says, that's it, my boys. That's Dragon Spire Island. Dragon Spider Island. And he takes his binoculars away and he says, do you guys know the real history of Dragon Spire Island? No, I do not. Please tell us. It's shrouded in mystery. Some say it burst from the ocean on a full moon eons ago. Others say it used to be an island paradise before a sorcerer closed it off from the world so no one could share in its beauty. Some even say the island formed itself on the back of an ancient dragon skull that still looks beneath the waters. But I'm sure it's safe. I'm not. I'm totally not. He peers through his binoculars again. He says, by my judgment, I'd say we reached there sometime in the morning. Well, sorry we didn't see any whales, but I hope you guys had fun. Um, don't forget to go to casino night tonight. It'll be, sh- it'll be sure to be a lot of fun. Will do, Jim. All right. Hey everybody, this is Joe, your DM here. Welcome to episode 20. We've already got 20 episodes of this thing and it is going awesomely. So thanks for joining us and thanks for sticking with us in this quest. Um, Just a few show notes real quick. We still have a Discord open for new users. We've got a ton of great people in there talking about the show, talking about D&D in general, and just it's really forming into an awesome community. So if you get a chance, hop in our Discord. You can find the invite in our episode description on Twitter, on Facebook, all those places. Hop on in and, and chat with us. Uh, secondly, if you haven't already, please feel free to leave an iTunes review if you are enjoying the show. Reviews help us get noticed, and we really just like to hear what you think. So shoot us a review, and that would be awesome. This episode of You Mean the Tavern was brought to you by Limitless-Adventures.com. Do you have little time to prep for your D&D 5e game? Try Limitless-Adventures.com. There you'll find encounters, locations, and side quests to cut your prep time and allow you to spend more time at the game table. Please be sure to join their mailing list and have free 5e content sent to you each month. 
Big shout out to those of you that came to a catacomb this weekend. We just got back today. This is Sunday, so the episode's going out tomorrow, uh, Monday. And we just had a ton of fun meeting fans, meeting other podcast personalities, playing a bunch of games. Uh, that was a catacomb in Dayton, Ohio. If you are interested, next year, it's probably going to be around the same time. It's run by the RPG Academy podcast, and it is just a ton of fun. You get to play all sorts of systems and meet some cool people. So go check that out next year and be on the lookout because we will definitely be back. And last but certainly not least, we want to give a huge shout out to our $15 or more top level patrons that donate to the show. Jacob Torres, David Ashley Cole, Andre K, James J.C. Aklantz, who wants to give a shout out to Sneak Attack and Dames and Dragons podcast, Nick Sassy, Mark Albright, Tarkin Davis, Eleanor Fitchett, Sierra Clark, Jim Saunders, Michael Kenitzer, Jason Ford, James Lyon, Ursula Bertea, and Chris Sale. Thank you guys so much for the support that you give to the show to just make us awesome, to make us this show even better than it than it could be. So if you are interested in getting on this list or supporting the show in other ways, please go on to our Patreon, patreon.com slash YMIA Tavern. Okay, that's it for me. Enjoy the rest of our 20th episode, and we will see you in two weeks. Peace out. Now 4 p.m. and it's time for the cocktail class. Cocktail Are class. Going? Tug is, is everybody going? going? Tug's definitely going. I'll go. Okay. Carl, Carl will also attend. All right. So all three of you kind of get a change of clothes. You get freshened up after your daily activities. You head to the cocktail class. It's in the lounge. Um, there's a small pirate bartender kind of slinging drinks, and there are. A few different labs, I would say, set up, like multiple tables with bottles of liquor set up. You see Eleanor and you see Sierra, and they are standing together at a table uh, in the corner. And you see Abby, who's standing by himself as all the other passengers are kind of like staying out of his way. Um, And yeah, there's a couple open tables. Oh, was sitting with the people you listed an option? Yeah, you can. You can join other people's tables if you want. Oh, I'll go sit with Abby then. Okay, you're going to sit with Abby? You two are going to go Sierra and Eleanor? Wingman. Sure, let's roll. All right, yeah. All right, you guys, uh, you cozy up next to Sierra and Eleanor. Um, and Eleanor turns to Carl, and she says, you know, you were really impressive out there today with the bow. Um, so what brings you on to the ship? What brings you on the Reliance? Uh, my friends, you know, and me, Tug and Durf. Durf's over there with Abby. Uh, we're heading to Dragon Spire Island. Uh, oh, so you guys are responsible for this little stop, this little pit stop we're taking. Uh, guilty, um, but it, it really couldn't be helped. It's really the fastest way for us to accomplish our goal. What brings you to the ship? What brings what brings us to the ship? Oh, we we uh, we travel from place to place together. Um, we we hail from a land far to the east called called Assel Grove. It's an elven haven in the fingers. Have you heard of the place? Never. Can you tell me what's that name again? Assel Grove. 
It's a beautiful elven haven far in the fingers, uh, but let's not talk so much about that. We're here now. We, we travel from, from place to place, seeing the world and showing our boy um, the wonders of the world around him. Euphoros is a, is a very beautiful place. We were only there for a few days. We also used to live uh, in a very nice place and it no longer exists uh, it was also a nice haven, Woodhaven. Oh, well, well, what happened to it? It no longer exists, you say? Wiped completely off the map. Everybody perished. Uh, uh, she is so totally taken aback by this, and Sierra stops what she's doing. She's mixing some of the drinks with Tug, and they both stop, and they're like, oh my, oh my gosh, what, what happened? How, wiped away? Wiped off the map? Yeah, no, no longer exists, um, and we are on a. We're just on a quest um, to save my sister Jill. Oh my goodness! Oh, that's that's awful. Is there, is there anything we can do to help? Do you all know anything about Dragonspire Island? I know nothing. Just what I've heard from the town that that there's there's ghosts and the mystery that surrounds the place. Um, I, I know we're only stopping there for for a moment. But there's there's nothing I know more than you. That's okay. Uh, your companionship until we arrive will be more than enough. Well, we can we can most definitely offer that. And she kind of wraps her arms around Sierra and she says, "We're we're here for whatever you may need. You just you just ask, and we'll be there." Sounds good to me. Tug, you got anything? Tug is choosing his words wisely. <laughs> <laughs> the story of Woodhaven and the fact that. Carl just threw all that information out there. <laughs> I was going to say. Is just, just ramping up the anger inside of Tug. Because he is, one, insanely sad from the story. And two, so not trustworthy with that type of information the whole time that he is just insanely perplexed that Carl just mouth vomited all of that out. <laughs> <laughs> Nope, nothing to add, kid. That's about all of it, I think. Unless you want to say some more. That's what I thought. What's the next drink, Chief? Okay, Let's yeah. Do it the, bar- the bartender walks you through several other uh, drink recipes that you work through with your partners at your tables. Um, Abby is grateful to see Durf, and he says, and he points at the glasses in front of him, the bottles in front of him, um, and the man begins to speak, and he tells you of a recipe called the Drunken Sailor, and he's pointing out the different bottles that you're going to use for this drink. He gives you um, a another crew member passes around each of you a bucket of ice, and you have a bowl of salt in front of you. You've got lemon and lime juice. You've got vodka and rum. And it looks like soda water. And he starts to mix the drinks together and, and urges you to, to follow what he's doing. Start mixing I, it up. I follow what he's doing. Okay, give me, um, each of you give me a, what would a what's a mixologist role? I guess intelligence. Fifteen. That's not good That's for not a good tug. For me <laughs> Seven. Fourteen. Uh, Abby rolled a three. All right. Okay. Dur- so Durf slides his excellent cocktail over to Abby, gives him a little wink, <laughs> and Abby goes, "Hmm." 
Uh, and the bartender comes over to Abby and takes a drink and says, oh, sir. And he looks like straight up at Abby's face. And he says, you, you, sir, are a natural bartender. How would you like to serve drinks for the evening at the casino night? <laughs> and Dirk Abby does looks exactly that. He makes Ab- that exact sound. <laughs> Abby looks over at Derf and says, hmm? Uh, go for it, big guy. And he shrugs his shoulders and uh, holds out his hand to the bartender and they shake hands. And that's that. <laughs> <laughs> so cocktail hour, uh, cocktail class winds down. It's a couple hours later. You guys are in your rooms and you hear some hustle and bustle outside and you get into the hallway and you realize that uh, it's near eight o'clock and there are racks and racks of costumes in the halls and some of the passengers are already starting to rifle through. You see all sorts of different um, costumes like there's like Sherlock's Sherlock Holmes costumes, there's tuxedos, there's dresses, there's pretty much anything that you can find in a theater shop um, with a big sign in the front that says casino night is soon. Please come dressed. Carl's going to run back to his room real quick, put on all of his, all of his armor and go to casino night. Okay. Just not in costume at all. Uh, they're going, I'm going as a knight. Mm. Tug will be nice. dressed as a small, but colorful dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you roll a perception check? Everybody? Uh, no, Tug's Natural 20. <laughs> okay, yeah, you do. You find, what color is it? You tell uh, it's, me. It's actually just picture Reptar. Okay. You, <laughs> <laughs> Tug, you find an actual Reptar costume. And, like, it's got it on the tag, says Reptar. Big, green, and mean, and it'll turn your mouth green. Um, Durf, what are you looking for? Um, I would like to look for some sort of, like, King Kong costume so that we can fight on the crow's nest later. Okay, King Kong, all right. Yep. Roll a perception check. A 25. Jesus. Okay, yeah, you find a <laughs> an ape costume, and you sling it on. And it stinks, but you find it. So we got Reptar, an ape, and a knight. This is perfect. I really want to see fan art from these scenes. <laughs> uh, okay, so you guys, you head up deck, and you it's nighttime right now. So it, it is night, and there are stars in the sky. It's partly cloudy. And you head up to the main deck, and Jim stops you at the stairs. And he says, welcome to Casino Nights, gents. You're going to want these. And he hands you a stack, each a stack of bills marked Reliance Bucks, and it's got a picture of Captain Jacob just cheesing on the front. You guys each have 500 Reliance Bucks in total. Okay, so you might want to work that down. Okay. You finish up heading up the stairs past Jim, and you see bright green, blue, and red lanterns that hang from ropes that crisscross above the center of the ship, where several chest-high tables have been set up. Crew members stand behind them with green visors, passing money back and forth, Um, among the passengers as they place their bets. You spot Tarkin across the deck, uh, who seems in bright spirits from the conversations that he had before with you guys, and he moves from table to table, playing a jovial song on his accordion. 
you spot Eleanor Sierra locked arm in arm at a corner table as their little boy tries desperately to see past a group of people that are cheering wildly at a low roped off area near the port side of the ship. The elven women are both sporting beautiful, brightly colored gowns with matching feathers sticking out from their hair. And you're at casino night. There's music and there's games and there's people milling all about. Um, what do you want to do? Um, is the so is, is it an open bar? Yes. Okay. And Durf. oh yeah, right. And Abby, sorry, I forgot about that. Yeah, absolutely. Near the quarter deck, there is a large. Um, kind of table with a bar and it's got all sorts of bottles and Abby is looking at them very confused as he mixes drinks together and people take them. Um, they're too afraid to tell him that they're disgusting, so they take them anyway. Uh, but yeah, he has no idea what he's doing. So Durf goes over there and does two things. First, he's going to pretend to be Abby's bar back, but low-key he's making the drinks for him because he's much better than Abby okay. and Tug at making drinks. <laughs> also, he's going to find something with which he can make a small sign that says cocktails, five reliant bucks and put that on the bar. Um, OK, give me a perception check. 17. OK, there is a um, there is a tip jar on the bar already, uh, but you managed to find a Sharpie underneath and you scratch out tips and say $5 Reliance Bucks, cocktails only. Yep. Nice. And people start to drop. They part, start to think that this is part of the the nightly activities and are actually putting their Reliance Bucks in the jar as they order these drinks. Durf pockets all of the Reliant Bucks. All right. Tug and Carl, what do you guys want to do? Tug makes a pit stop at the bar, says hi to Abby, more words of confidence, trying to build self-esteem and positive relationship. With Abby, Abby Normal, obviously, um, gives Durf the bird by proxy, um, <laughs> probably just orders a beer or two, and then Tug's going to go to that low rope where the kid's trying to see what's going on, um, where Eleanor and Sierra are, see what uh, gambling game is being played there, and see if Tug can uh, can, can win a couple RBs, All right, nice. bucks. So Eleanor Sierra are one of the taller tables in the corner, but where their son is, um, he is kind of checking out this long box that lays on the floor. And people are cheering and holding Reliance Bucks in the air as you see four tunnels that kind of twist and turn around this box. And there is a glass top. And through the glass, you see that there are rats that are actually in different colored jerseys running through this maze as the people are cheering them on. I run back to Durf immediately. (laughs) Durf, Durf, listen to me. Listen to me. I know you're helping Abby out right now. And I know you're the second best bar back in the group. And bartender will give you that close second. Fluke, fluke scenario and that shit happens. You know, blah, blah, blah. You, you get it. You get it. You you were there for the last episode. Um, question. <laughs> Can I borrow Eugene and your cochlear implant? So, um, I'm trying. I'm making moves here. I'm making moves. It's very strong for us. If you're not willing to let me borrow both of those items, I need you to come with me. Bring the RBs you got. We've got money to win tonight. Uh, it's... <laughs> I'm just going to come with you because I'm not sure I have the amount of medicine necessary to remove, much less reinstall my cochlear implant. (laughs) 
retweet that. Let's roll. Uh, so Durf, I drag. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Derv, just for the money that you collected from tips, just roll a d20, and we'll multiply that number by 10. Uh, no modifier? No. 160. Okay, so you rolled 16. So you, you had managed to snag 160 more Reliance Bucks from that tip jar. Nice. 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 And you guys head over, um, and the the rat race is finishing up, and there are a few people that are cheering and collecting money as others look a little downtrodden from losing. Carl's going to head over to the rat race as well, since he sees D- uh, Tug pulling Durf over there. Okay, sweet. Yeah, so all three of you are there standing over. Um, there seems to be a crew member in a green visor sitting at the end, um, taking bets from people as they walk over. I walk over to the tug, walks over to the guy with the visor. All right, listen here, dipshit idiot. We've got... <laughs> we've got a lock for a rat in our midst. All right? We want to get him in these races. Okay. I know it's probably not protocol, but we're willing to shill you 10% of our winnings off of this rat if you get him in these races. Give me a tiny jersey. All right, he says, he says, <laughs> I, we usually don't let uh, outside races come in. But, That's why uh, I started bribing you. That's legitimately why I just went straight to the bribe. You may be able to talk me into it and roll a... What would that be? A persuasion check? Persuasion? Yeah. Roll with advantage since you've got money, too. Uh, First one was a 22. Okay, you're good. That's good enough. (laughs) By the way, while all this is going on, Durf uh, low-key casts Longstrider on (laughs) Eugene, (laughs) which increases his speed by 10 feet for the next hour. (laughs) I love this. Okay, all right, so he says, all right, I'll tell you what, we can take one of these rats out of the race for you just for this time. And see what yours can do. Here's a jersey. And it is pink with white polka dots. Nice. Nice. And Eugene looks up at Durf and he says, Hey, uh, Durf, you're not doing what I think you're doing, are you? Eugene, it's time for you to make us some money. (laughs) Roll a d20 with your animal handling. With animal handling, that is 20. Not natural. Okay, yeah, you slip on his jersey, and he says, All right, Dave. <laughs> He's not a pirate. Uh, he says, All right, Darth, I'll, I'll try my best, but uh, what do I get out of this? Whatever you want, buddy. What What does Eugene want? <laughs> um, I don't know, what's the rat one? <laughs> whatever I want, huh? Um, uh, hmm, I, more rat babes, for sure. Oh, this... This ship is crawling with rats, so that should be easy. All right, all right, and no you problem. set him down. Um, and the and I say to the and I say to the guy. By the way, the, our rat's name is Giacomo. Giacomo. Yeah. All right. Uh, he okay. So he calls out to the other people that are kind of taking bets, and he says, "We got a new, we got a new contestant here, Giacomo. Giacomo. His odds are twenty to one. He's fresh off the boat." And he's looking ready to race. We've got Giacomo. We've got Littlefoot. We've got Bubba, one to one odds. Littlefoot is one to 11 odds. And Cheese Lover Chester, he's one to five. Take your bets. Take your bets. And people start handing him money. Very few people are handing him money for Giacomo. Giacomo's except you, all in. Or Tug is all in on Giacomo, 500. 
Yep, six six sixty on Giacomo. Six sixty. Yep. Carl's gonna uh, lean down to the small boy. Uh, say, hey, uh, you're Eleanor and Sierra's son, correct? What, why, yes, sir, I am. My name's Pip. Would you? What rat do you like the next race, Pip? Oh, I always cheer for Bubba, but but I I got a good feeling about Littlefoot this time. Littlefoot, you say? Yeah. Sounds like he's, Giacomo. He's got little feet. Sounds good to me. Uh, and I look at the guy in the green visor. 500 on Littlefoot. 500 on Littlefoot. Okay, so Littlefoot's got 1 to 11 odds. I said Giacomo's got 1 to 20 odds. Um, and you guys are just all so, in on this one game? So, so, so Kirk and I stand to make like 50,000, and Carl stands to make 50. Uh, you all are both terrible at rolling, so... <laughs> Yeah. Okay. By the so, way, I um, also um, use my power to speak with animals, and I tell all of the other rats in the race, um, <laughs> I've got a fat, fat wheel of stinky cheese for anybody who throws the race. <laughs> Roll a persuasion check. <laughs> um, let's see, what's persuasion? Charisma? Yep. 17. Okay, nice. yeah, they look up at you and all nod, and I'm not going to do four different rat voices, but they are in agreement that they may just throw this race for you. God damn. Uh, okay, um, what is one to 20? Let me do some quick math here. No, you, throw you down said $500. 20 to one. You said 20 to one. You said 20 to one, which is a lot different than one to 20. Right, so if you throw down 500, you make 10,000? Yes, we stand to collectively make 23200 Reliance bucks. <laughs> Reliance bucks. Okay. So I'll just hold you to that math and probably our listeners who will uh, correct me or whatever. Aren't um, you the mathematician? Yeah. yeah, I don't know things. I don't know things. Um, okay, so the way we're going to do this, I guess if they're throwing the race, it doesn't even matter. I was going to have you guys roll for shit, but it doesn't even matter. Um. Don't forget, I, I promised ten percent to the guy for letting us have the race in, or have or put the rat in. You did, you did, you did. Okay, all right. So, um, yeah, the the rats are set. Eugene is put in his slot, and I think I'm gonna need Eugene to at least make an intelligence roll to get through the maze in the first place. He still has to finish. Is so intelligence, you can do that. I mean, his intelligence is terrible. Although, well, he's a, he's a dreadlord, so his intelligence is probably quite high. <laughs> roll an intelligence roll. I'm going to set the DC at eight. Sixteen. Okay, so so you set the race. the The race is set. the The rats are put in their prospective places. Um, three of them spend the entire time just kind of milling about, tiptoeing just a few feet and back again, super confused. And Eugene gets through the race with ease and everyone collectively around you groans as the <laughs> as Eugene <Woo>! wins. <laughs> Giacomo! And Carl loses all of his money and Pip just kind of shrugs his shoulders and you collectively get how much money? Uh, I believe it was 23,200. Whatever, 11... It's Fuck, I already forgot. All right. What it... $1,160 times 20 is 23200 Minus okay, 10%. So minus yeah. 10%, so take away 23 $23.20. 23, 20. <laughs> Motherfucking calculator <laughs> wizard. 
Well, actually, no, we need to do it separately because I'm not giving Kirk more money. I bet more money. That's not even fair because I'm the only reason you got over there. Also, didn't, so he give you, the money. didn't he buy you a bunch of shit last time we were in the tower with his money? All right, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. So 23,200 minus 2320 divided by two. We each get 10,440 Reliant Bucks. You and Tug do. Yeah. Okay, there you go. So mark that down on your sheet. <laughs> Carl Carl looks down at, at Pip and says, it's, a, it's okay, Pip. Uh, maybe Littlefoot will get him next time. Sure, yeah, she yeah, won't. I- not if Giacomo's in the house. <laughs> and I slap Carl in the back as I gallivant back to the bar to get another drink. I'll toss I'll, I'll toss each of them ten Reliant Bucks and say, hey, go buy yourself some bubble gum, kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, insert whatever the most condescending thing a rich person can say to a little child with no money. And uh, Durf says that, obviously. Tug's not that mean. <laughs> And then the passengers are starting to complain, so the guy who is running the rat race hands you back Eugene and says, Yeah, I don't think we should do this anymore, so uh, why don't you take him back before they get restless? Glad you're doing business. Uh, drop him in my little pocket. Nice. Okay, um, so there are still a few different games going on in the corners, a tall tall top tables if you want to try out those or if you're pretty satisfied with your winnings we could go to the prize table tug's gonna go over to tarkin and see if he can uh, lay down some fat accordion jams with him oh nice okay uh tarkin sees you coming and he says oh tug hello hello would you like to play with me of course and i've i've been practicing all afternoon and i've got this uh this little ditty that i think i can teach you and that we can do together. Oh, is that right? Oh, how exciting, how exciting. Please, show me the way. Uh, it's called All Star by Smash Mouth. <laughs> uh, roll me a performance. Can, can we commission Pretty to uh, pl- learn how to play this on the accordion? I'm sure and- he will. I'm sure he will do that. <laughs> uh, roll me a performance with proficiency, Tug. With proficiency? Yes, because now you're proficient in accordion playing. Uh, that is a 14. Okay, yeah, you and Tarkin both together <laughs> lay out this beautiful song. All right, so uh, you're going to do Tarkin's voice, and I'm going to do Tug's voice, and then we're going to sing All-Star, right? Okay, yep, that's exactly what's going to happen. And Jacob Pretty <laughs> is going to play the music perfectly to our lyrics. Here you we ready? go. You start, tar- Tug. All right, this is, Tarkin, this is how it goes. Follow me, do your best, see what you can do, all right? I, I believe that once I start the words, you'll already know them. You don't even have to know them ahead of time. You'll just uh, be ingrained with the knowledge. It's a beautiful thing. My friend, music is like my second language, of course. All the faith in the world. You ready? <clears throat> ready. <clears throat> Somebody once told me the world is gonna roll me. I ain't the the sharpest tool in the the shed. shed. You're doing great. Keep it up. (laughs) Looking kind of dumb with her finger in her thumb in a shape. Hopping out on her forehead. Pick pick up. Well, we'll start (laughs) (laughs) coming back to the rooms and hit the ground running. running. 
I didn't it make sense, sense not to live for fun. Your brain gets smart, but your head gets dumb. Hey, everybody so now. Do, do so much to see, <laughs> so much for all taking the back streets. Uh, ne- okay. <laughs> never shine if you don't stop. glow. Never, we... never. <laughs> you get it. And then they go on gloriously into the night. Yes, okay. You guys continue playing that song, and people around the casino night, some of them are extremely confused. Some of them are very amused, uh, but most sing along. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> That'll be I'm not going to lie, I didn't hear a lot of Tarkin in that one. Uh, oh, <laughs> Let I me drown it. out there, kid. <laughs> All right. The night dwindles down um, as many passengers head to the prize table and take their winnings and head back down to bed. Uh, there's maybe only just a couple dozen left. Why don't we do this? Um, I'm going to need... Now, Carl, you have zero reliance bucks, correct? Yes, I am uh, okay. 100% no, broke. I gave him 10. Oh, you did nope, give him 10. I gave him to Pip. Oh, okay. You gave him Pip. Oh, what a nice he guy. Got, he got two pieces of gum. All right. So what we're going <laughs> to do is Tug and Carl... Um, or Tug and Durf, I want you to each roll a D4, and then I'll tell you what happens. We're going to kind of simulate you guys betting the rest of the night to see where your money goes. Three. Okay. One. All right, so Tug, um, what's going to happen is you're going to roll a d20 and subtract two from the roll. Durf, you're going to roll a d20 and add one to the roll, and you tell me what you get. How much do I subtract? Two. I have a zero. You have a zero? (laughs) Yes. Tug, you lose all your money. You just go on this betting streak and lose and lose and lose and lose until at the end of the night, you have nothing left. Wonderful. Derf, you <laughs> rolled a four plus two or two plus two? I rolled a three plus one. Oh. Or did you tell me to add two? No, I told you I had one. Okay. You rolled, th- rolled, you rolled a four. So okay. four. So take your money and, and you only end up at the end of the night with 40% of it. Okay. So what is that? 40% of 10,440. Shit, not making this easy. <laughs> 4,176. Can I also be picking pockets left and right? Can I do a slide of hand check? Uh, to supplement that real quick one yep that's a 22 all right so you end up getting another 220 reliance bucks from people's pockets can it be 224 so that i have an even number sure i'll allow it you find four reliance bucks on the ground so i have 4400 okay would you like to split that among the party in any way i will give Durf does not have one I give one thousand reliant bucks to each other party member. Okay, nice. All right, and so you keep you approach twenty four hundred for myself. All right, twenty four hundred for Durf, a thousand for Tug, and a thousand for Carl. And you approach the prize booth that is run by a smaller pirate standing on a stool. And um, on this prize booth, there are several different bookshelves with labels and basically buckets of the different prizes and the different amounts that they're worth. And I just sent you guys a document. You can take a look at what the prizes are. And I will post this on Reddit and Discord as well. Someone want to read this off? Uh, So for 10 Reliance Bucks, we have little wrapped candies. For 50, various plastic animal rings and nautical stickers. For 100, sticky hands, cool erasers. For 150, kazoo, slinky, hand clapper. For 200, yo-yo, disguise face, is that like a Groucho Marx face? Yes. <laughs> okay. Light up bouncy ball. Uh, 400, stuffed shark. Pack of 
Aratissi Trekis cards. Very good, yep. Uh, 800 Toy Sword, Suction Bow and Arrows, 1000 Boomerang, Paper Airplane, Two Crunks Greatest Hits, CD, 1500 Moon Shoes and Binoculars, 4000 Wind Up Car, Music Box, and 10,000 Mysterious Black Box. Damn, we should have not lost all of our money so we could get that <laughs> Mysterious Black Box. Very good. Okay, so you see all these things um, on these bookshelves. And again, there's a man kind of running the prize booth, so you can ask him anything you want. What's in the box? What's in the box? <laughs> What's in the box? Ah, no one's been able to afford the mysterious black box yet. I cannot tell uh, you. Hmm. Please? Sounds like a challenge. Well, Ready, please? I'm going to go in, and uh, here's my 1,000 RBs. Real quick. And- sorry. Sorry. Real quick. I will just remind you, too, that these are all mundane items. That may or may not have, may or may not be able to be changed into magical items somehow. <laughs> Just so you know, my option changes zero percent. <laughs> so Tug goes in, puts his uh, thousand RBs down, and goes, "I will take the last copy that you have." Of two crunks greatest hits CD. They seem to be selling like hotcakes. Never heard of the guy, but I'm sure he's great. <laughs> uh, which is why there's only one of his CDs left. So that is what I will spend my RBs on. All right, very good. On the front cover of two crunks greatest hits CD is a half orc with his arms crossed in a b-boy stance. Makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Durf is going to get. So I have 2400. I'm going to get. What are our Atissi Trekkis cards? Is that like a is that like our um, Gwent? So you see, um, yeah, they're like these little packs of cards that look like in real life, like Pokemon cards um, or baseball cards. Uh, baseball cards is probably a better better way to put it because they each have faces of these dragonborns on them, and some are smirking, some are sitting atop great big griffins, some are blowing fire into the air, and they have stats on the back like speed and games won and mount type and stuff like that. So that's what they look like. Interesting. Well, Durf's going to get a stuffed shark, obviously. Uh, disguise face, because that seems like something that could be enchanted into something cool. I was thinking moon shoes or maybe binoculars, but I think moon shoes. I think moon that's shoes. the strong play. Okay, moon yeah. shoes. And that leaves me with 300. You got it. With which I will get... Three sticky hands. Three, three sticky cool hands. erasers. Three cool erasers. Three cool no. erasers. Literally wrote, wrote down <laughs> cool erasers. They're just like different <laughs> colors with cool like tie-dye designs Are they designs like yikes erasers? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Perfect. All right, Carl. Carl's just going to get 100 little wrapped candies. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The guy has to give you like a sack for all these little wrapped candies and you, you clean them out. That's all of them. That's all you got. Excellent. Right, so you turn around from this prize booth with your hoard of prizes to see that most of the passengers have left, but there's still some that mill about uh, winning some more money. But just then, Captain Jacob bursts from the captain's quarters with Jim. There's been a murder! Jim sprints forward, grabs his chest, and dramatically falls down to the ground, lying still. Everyone find a table. You have been tasked to solve a murder mystery. 
The crew member at your table knows who did it and can only answer yes or no to any question you wish to ask to solve the mystery. The first table to reach the correct answer wins this mysterious black box. And he holds a mysterious black box just like the one from the prize table. Are you ready? Ready. And you guys are going to head to the same table or different tables? Same Same table. table. Same table. Same table. Okay, you, so you three run to uh, an empty table where, again, there's another crew member with a green visor. You see Sierra, Eleanor, and Pip run to another table together, and there's a few other crew members that run to two or three other tables. And what we're going to do here, in-game, I'm going to start a 10-minute timer, and you can only ask yes or no questions to try to solve the mystery before the others do. So if your time runs out and you still have not solved the mystery, then you do not win the prize. You can ask the guy at the table yes or no questions until you finally find out find out what happened. Are you ready? So we're trying to figure out not yes. what happened, not who did it? You'll see. You'll see when I ask. Okay. okay. I'll read it to you and then I'll start the timer. How's that? And you can ask any questions. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. Here we go. So the person at your table is a man with like a scar on his face and he opens up this manila envelope and he reads to you he says you've got 10 minutes a man is dead with his widow by his side there is glass shattered on the floor and the cat looks guilty who killed the man and how did he die go is the glass from a mirror no it's a glass from a window no. Is the glass from a container? Yes. Did the container have anything in it? Yes. Um, was it liquid? No. Is the widow also dead? No. Is she conscious? Yes. Is she sad? No. Uh-oh. Oh. <laughs> Did the cat do it? No. Did the man die of natural causes? No. Good question. Uh, so is the con- is the container a glass or w- is it like uh, is it is the container a glass? Yes. It didn't have liquid in it. No. Did it have a solid in it? Yes. Was the man poisoned? <gasps> yes. Oh, spaghettios. Did the man poison himself? No. <laughs> Does the cat look guilty because the poison was cat pee? No. Okay. Eight minutes. Did the cat knock over the glass? Yes. Oh, that little rapscallion. So the glass was not broken before the cat knocked it over. Yes. Good question. Did the, did the cat? Did the glass break after the man died? No. So he was still alive. Were the when man he knocked it over? and the woman married? Trick question. A man is dead with his widow by his side. The man was dead a long time ago. No. The man was dead before this little scenario came together. No. Is his widow a spider? Yes. Uh, is his uh-oh. widow a black widow? Yes. And he was, was the man killed bitten. by the spider. Yes. Yes. Oh, we have a winner. Okay. And he Shit, raises yeah. his hands and Captain Jacob comes over to your table and he says, Oh, we have a winner. They found it out. They found it out. Very good, very good. Here is your black box. Nice. Does it have a boat in it? No, it no. has a black widow in it. <laughs> <laughs> and you all three die. 
the end. No, you pop open the black box and in it is 1,000 actual gold pieces, not Reliance books. And... Nice. I'll take those. I think not. Uh, we'll say there's 1,200 gold pieces in the box. I'll take 400. I will also take 400. Yeah. And I will take the remaining 400. All right. Very good. Very good. So you guys split 400 gold pieces and people begin to head back down in defeat. Um, They begin to head back down these steps in defeat. And you see Pip and Eleanor and Sierra and they are taking a uh, they're taking a stroll back down as well. But Pip tugs on Sierra's dress and he says, Mom, Mom, look, fireworks. And he points off to the north. And sure enough, far off to the north is a streak of red light that soars up into the sky. Uh, Your head turns as another bright flash of red light appears from off to the right side of the ship to the south. This one a bit closer. A boom rings out across the water, but it's not the firework that makes the noise. It's a cannon. Big thank you to our $5 patrons, Jonathan Huff, William Martin, and his buddy Hugh Jars, Elemental.fm, Joshua Hebert from the Alignment Unclear podcast, Jack Mega, Noah Body, Nick Vukalich, Vitaly Vasilyuk, David Ginsberg from the Tales from the Fandom podcast, Connor Breeden, Joe Quickle from the Dad D&D podcast, Justin Jimenez, Adam Hoffling, Olivia Fumiati, John Dalstrom, Jonathan Zeman, Jason Rittman, Jaquela, Joshua Motzinger, Nicole Chapin of the Redshift Podcast, Noah H., Marco Olufsen, and Ian Coughlin. You guys rock, and thank you so much for supporting the show. Like I said before, if you want to get on this list or donate to the show in other ways, please go on to patreon.com slash YMIA Tavern. Thanks a bunch.